When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. afternoon, my Conscious Co-Creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Oh, we have a f- interesting, fascinating show in store for you today on a topic that's one uh, special topic of mine. I kind of like this topic. Um, But first, of course, we have our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. So I know you've been waiting all week long to hear your quotes of the day. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. From the universe. What if you were to see your every action and inaction in this life so far your every strength and weakness, your every hope and fear as proof of your divinity. We do. Let's take a selfie. The universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Yes, everything is a proof of our divinity. And let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. From Abraham. Rest seems like a nice contrast to overwhelmment. But enthusiasm is always chosen over rest. The only thing that ever makes you tired or bogs you down is resistance. Abraham. Hmm. An interesting quote from Abraham. You know, we we often uh, talk about this idea of contrast, of one thing, you know, being a strong contrast to something else. And oftentimes when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like there's just too much going on around us, uh, we think, you know, oh, I'm burnt out, I'm overwhelmed, I need to take it easy, I need a vacation, I need rest. And that's the real contrast to overwhelmment that we believe in our heads. However, what Abraham is saying is actually the real contrast to being overwhelmed is becoming enthusiastic. It's it's diving headfirst into all those things that are causing us to be overwhelmed and finding the essence, finding those little pieces of whatever it is that's causing us to feel overwhelmed, finding those things about it that are joyful, that are fun-loving, that light us up. 
because let's face it, I mean, even if, you know, you start some big project, even if you get involved with something that you really, really love, the details, the relationships, the interactions can sometimes be a bit overwhelming. It doesn't mean that we don't love the project. It just means sometimes we get a little caught up with, a little caught up in the, the minutia. The surest way to get past those overwhelming feelings is not to focus on the minutia, but to focus on those things that we love about what we're doing, why we started it in the first place. Why did you start that business? Why did you start that relationship? Why did you start that project? What joy did you feel was going to come from it? You know, we sometimes get so caught up in the doing, the doing, the doing, the doing. We forget that the majority of life is about how we're being in the path, in the journey along the way. You know, it's it's not just the actions. Um, it's not just in the inactions. It, it's in how we show up. And when you're feeling overwhelmed around something, what Abraham is saying... Yeah, taking a rest, taking a break can be good. But what's even better is looking at how you're showing up and finding that little grain of sand, that little kernel, that that little wisp of smoke that says, "Mm, you know what, I really actually do love this. And, And I absolutely am enthralled with it. And even though at this exact, minute things seem to feel a little bit too much for me but I love it I love this and just speaking those words help the stress of the moment to just drop a little bit help us to regain our focus and help us to really move forward in 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 a a much more joyful manner so There are our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Hope you've enjoyed them. Of course, we'll have more quotes next week. Now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show Michael Sanders. Michael is a partner in a clean energy startup known as Sun Moon Energy, as well as being the vice president of of the Clear Media Advertising Agency. However, he is on this show because he is the author of a book titled Ayahuasca, An Executive's Enlightenment. It is a revealing memoir designed to unlock your creative, intellectual, and spiritual potential. As a passionate traveler, athlete, and mover, Michael practices sound nutrition, regular introspection, and daily meditation. He's also an avid Burning Man participant, a burner for those of you in the know, uh, committed to fostering human connection and improving the world. Michael, welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour. A pleasure to have you here today. It's a pleasure to be here, Sam. Thank you for having me. Wonderful, wonderful. Yes. So um, ayahuasca is something that I, I, I hear so many stories about. I love talking about it to people. Um, I would love to know like, how you went from being a, a, an advertising executive. I mean, basically, you've built your career really on, on thriving in, in the advertising world. How you went from a, a high-powered advertising executive to somebody who writes a book about ayahuasca? <laughs> yeah, so um, I'll sort of start in uh, towards the end of 2012. I was going through some okay. really extreme fatigue where I had absolutely no energy, no libido, no vigor. 
at the time I was working as the vice president of my advertising agency. I was also the co-founder of a separate startup in the gaming industry. And I was training athletically and intensely about mm. 10 to 14 times per week. I was wow. never meditating, never relaxing or doing any uh. yoga or anything like that. And um, over time, I just developed this extreme fatigue where I would sleep 10 to 12 hours each night and wake up feeling not the slight bit rested. Wow. And uh, at that time, I actually resolved that if I couldn't start feeling like myself again within two years time that I was going to put a bullet in my brain because the life that I was leading at that point just wasn't enjoyable. I wasn't, I was just going through the motions, but I decided I was going to commit to two years to trying my best to uh, getting over this hurdle. And so I um, started consulting with a natural path, got into Mm -hmm. meditation. He had me start focusing more on play. So I I absolutely adore movement, all different forms. So like gymnastics, strength training, acrobatics, parkour, dance, rock climbing, squash, hiking, a whole bunch of different things. And I had become very regimented in my practice revolving around movement, but he was getting me to reconnect with why I had fallen in love with movement in the first place, which is largely the play aspect associated with it. So I started meditating, started focusing on play, and then in by the time uh, Burning Man rolled around in 2013, which was my first time going to Burning Man, I was feeling uh, like myself again and actually even had more energy uh, than I did prior to this fatigue that lasted a good seven months where uh, I was in a, a pretty dark hole. And, and, um, that's, and that's kind of fairly unusual, isn't it, for somebody who is, was athletic and as active as you were to, to feel like so much fatigue? Well, yeah, it can be. There's also a common occurrence that happens amongst athletes where they'll keep pushing and pushing and pushing and sometimes they'll stop listening to their body because they're uh, chasing some particular goal. Right, um, right gotcha. And I sort of got distracted by my goals as opposed to health. So there's a difference between athletics and health, right? Like if you right. want to be the best weightlifter in the world, you might be sacrificing some of your health. So right. it's a certain balance you have to find there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I've also heard it said, I remember one one time someone said that, you know, you would think that like professional athletes have like the best longevity, right? Because we tend to think of them as being in the best shape. But that's not necessarily so. If you look at the uh, actuary tables for professional athletes, they actually don't live any longer than people who aren't athletic at all. Totally. Yeah. And it's all about finding your happiness and your quality of life, right? Like, I think biologically we're designed to move. Um, The hardware in which we operate has been virtually uh, pretty similar for the last, you know, 200,000 years compared to our software or our culture and our technology, which evolves at an exponential rate. And, you know, culturally we're unrecognizable then compared to the people that lived 30 years ago just with our interconnectivity (laughs) and our technology but the bodies that we operate in are virtually the same right and our ancestors were moving around all the time so i think that's a a really important part of our humanity but um at at the same time yeah you don't you can certainly overdo it and and everybody's different right Right. some people can get away with a sort of a lesser amount of movement and other people like to have a lot more right yeah yeah it depends on on your individual you know where you're at also your lifestyle your health everything it it, it's we're very much individuals and and not just general statistics um so i'm curious uh what got you interested in going to burning man in 2013 um 
It had been on my radar for a couple of years. A couple of a few of my dear friends had been going for a number of years and uh, just the way they would describe it. Yeah. Like if you would stand in a room with them and just hear the love and joy and compassion and bliss in their voice every time yeah. that the topic came up, it, it didn't even matter the words that they were saying. It was just the feeling that was coming from them that whenever I heard them speak about, it, I'm like, okay, this is definitely something I have to do. And then it was in 2013 that my best friend Sid and I, we bought tickets to go and uh, organized the whole trip. And I mean, that going to Burning Man in and of itself, at the time, it was the most transformative experience mm. of my life, just showing me the, the true potential of humanity right. um, when, we're, when we express ourselves freely in this non-judgmental environment where everybody can go and just be themselves and not really have a schedule just sort of go with the flow right. for the entire week which ends up feeling like a lifetime yeah. <laughs> out there you know I've, I've been to burning man twice and i like uh, to say that i've i've learned and spent as much time in that desert as i have in this default world so it feels as though yeah. i've spent a cumulative 28 years in the desert and then like yeah. a separate 28 years in the default world so it's it's a very special uh, experience and one that I've uh, planned to continue exploring this year included. Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've had several people myself. I, I know I've not yet had the pleasure of going, but I know many, many people who have. And and just what what strikes me of it is 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 just uh, how many times from so many different people I always hear a similar kind of story of like, you know, just when they like needed something, a, a bottle of water, some food to eat, a place to sleep, like somebody just shows up in front of them and it's just like, hey, you know, I'll trade you my bottle of water for your scarf or something like that. And, and, and like just the perfect thing ends up happening at the perfect time. Yeah, and it, it just happens over and over mm. again. So the first year I went, I mean, my jaw was virtually dropped every second of the day mm. in borderline disbelief, mm. but it, it kept happening. So I, eventually I just came to accept it and recognize that we are connected on levels far beyond what our conscious awareness uh, reveals most of the time. Mm. I mean, this is essentially 70,000 people operating on a telepathic wavelength, yeah. <laughs> each and every person trying to enhance everyone else's experience by just a little bit. And the compounding effect of all those people having that intention is mm. truly transcendent and magical. You know, like I, yeah. as you're mentioning about a bottle of water or something, I was, I had been, I mean, your sleep cycle just sort of changes drastically just depending on how you're feeling. So I had been awake for, 40 consecutive hours. I had been dancing for about 25 of those. Wow. And uh, I, I was dancing at this camp called Robot Heart. And, um, my, and I realized I hadn't eaten in about 12 hours and I had been physically active the entire time. So I felt my stomach start to growl. And, wow. um, I, and, you know, I'm in a loud environment. No one can hear my stomach growling. The guy beside me, he's dressed like a leopard, turns to <laughs> me, reaches into his backpack and pulls out a barbecued steak in a Ziploc bag and says, Hey brother, I feel like you should have this and hands it to me wow. and then gives me a, a barbecued steak to eat wow. in the middle of the dance floor. And <laughs> that's just one anecdote of which there are literally like 30 to 40 that happen every single day and your mind's just blown every single time. 
you're, you're constantly amazed, but um, not you no longer become surprised almost by yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Well, listen, uh, 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 let's leave our audience a little bit on, on, on the edge. We're part of the <laughs> way there, but it's time for us to take a quick commercial break. So uh, uh, I just want everyone to stay tuned. And, and when we come back, we'll talk about, you know, how Michael got from Burning Man to, to writing his book. I'm sure there's, there's a little bit ways to go just yet, but uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, Michael? <laughs> It sounds good. Okay, everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And my guest this hour is Michael Sanders, author of the book, Ayahuasca and Executives Enlightenment. And we'll be right back. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, Lifestyle Travel Consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. TalkingAlternative.com The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. So, Michael, before we left off to break, we left you in the middle of Burning Man, eating a nice, <laughs> yummy steak that someone gave you in the middle of a dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we could we could talk all day about uh, Burning Man, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll jump ahead to actually when I uh, returned back to Toronto. Right. And, um, and then Sid, who I had went with, uh, he asked me, he's like, Michael, what are you doing for New Year's Eve this year? And I didn't have any plans yet. And he said to me, he's like, you know, I want to do something different. I don't just want to go to a house party or whatever. And my friend Dan has been 
uh, running expeditions throughout South America for the past four years. And uh, for the last year, he's been focused on the Amazonian tradition of the plant medicine ayahuasca. Mm. And uh, I had actually heard about ayahuasca on a Joe Rogan podcast at the start of 2012. And when I first heard Joe and Aubrey talking about the plant medicine, uh, I knew at some point in my life I was going to venture down to the jungle and drink this strange psychedelic brew. <laughs> I've always been an explorer of consciousness, so I, I thought that this would certainly happen. And then here, you know, 20 months into the future, Sid's asking me if I want to go down to the jungle and embark on this journey. So instantly I'm like, yes, absolutely. I'm 100% in. And But at the time, I was sort of thinking it would be more of a recreational experience. Right. Um, you know, I've, I've had my experiences with psychedelics so i was sort of thinking it would be um something like lsd or psilocybin but just on a, a different different wavelength and uh yeah so i sort of thought it was going to be recreational but then as i got doing more and more research about the plant medicine i recognized how seriously the shamans treat it and just how sacred and important and helpful it can be for so many people i mean they use this plant medicine to treat anything ranging from depression to cancer and a lot of Westerners have called it 30 years worth of psychotherapy yes. in a cup. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're encouraged to follow a particular diet that avoids all salt, sugar, spices, sex, alcohol, drugs, orgasm. So essentially you're eating chicken, white fish, rice, vegetables, and a little bit of fruit. And all of this as a means to better connect with the plant medicine. And Sam, like, these were sort of notions I was a bit skeptical of because, you know, I already ate well, I ate healthy, and I, I guess I come more from a scientific paradigm. My father's a specialist in internal medicine, so oh. a physician practicing Western medicine. And not that I was dismissive of the potential of ayahuasca, I just sort of attributed this diet to perhaps some indigenous folklore and didn't recognize that it was based in reality. I sort of interpreted it as being metaphorical. Right. Um, but if I was going to fly all the way to Peru and into the Amazon jungle, I was going to remain open-minded and buy into their customs wholeheartedly because I also recognize they, they probably have a reason for advocating <laughs> these things, especially since they've been using this psychedelic plant medicine for about 10,000 years to help people with all sorts of um, issues and conditions right, and clarity. Right. And, and how long did they have you on that special diet before you went down? Because, I mean, you went down to the jungle. It's only f for, like, what, a week? Yeah, like, we, we trekked through the Amazon for seven days, and then mm. we arrived at the ceremonial grounds of Nue Reo and spent another four or five days there. Okay. Um, but I followed the diet uh, in total for about a little over two weeks. Uh, so I think okay. ten days leading up to going to the jungle... And then my whole time there. So, mm -hmm. yeah, a little over two, maybe closer to two and a half weeks. Right, right, right. But but uh, I guess my point being that you kind of did it even before you got down to the jungle. It was sort of a preparatory thing to help prepare you for this, this essentially a sacred ceremony, you know, and, and, and I know a lot of people who've like heard something about ayahuasca, but don't really know a lot about it that, you know, yeah, it sounds like this fun psychedelic experience, but not so much. It's a real serious sacred ceremony that there is a lot of ritual around it. And that ritual is almost just as important as the ceremony itself. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah, we spent 
as I mentioned, about a week trekking through the Amazon jungle, which in and of itself was so powerful, Sam. I mean, to be immersed in what seemed like this infinite, vast, green, lively jungle full of billions of species. And it, it seemed to have this maternal presence to it. Uh-huh. And, um, and then, you know, that we arrived to the ceremonial grounds on New Year's Eve of 2013, and we spoke with the shamans, and then we had this flower bath that it was this water filled with these beautiful, fragrant flowers, and then you poured them over yourself, over yourself and, you know, covered every inch of your body in these flowers, and then you actually let the flowers dry onto you. And this is done as a means, again, to better connect with the plant and to protect against dark energies and open you up to the ayahuasca. And then a couple hours later, we did a yin yoga where we would hold these very relaxing postures for about three minutes, again, designed to open us up. And while the during this yin yoga, as everyone ended up in Shavasana pose at the end, just lying on the floor, the roof of the Maloka, which we were in, which is this beautiful wooden dome-like structure situated in the middle of the jungle with screened windows. And it's about 45 feet tall with all of this intricate woodworking. So we're inside of that doing the yoga. And as we're lying in, on the floor at the end of the yoga session, the Maloka roof starts to pitter-patter with rain. And then all of a sudden, the rainforest just starts dumping on us. And there's this lightning show and thunder. Mm. And we're having this thunderstorm in the Amazon rainforest on New Year's Eve while we're about to embark on our first ayahuasca ceremony. And I was truly recognizing how grand of a rite of passage this was and sort of how my whole life was leading up to this moment. Mm. And, uh, and then so we, we went away from the yoga for um, a bit and then re- resume, we came back to the, the Maloka at 8 p.m. on uh, the New Year's Eve. And we're sitting in there and there were about... Um, there were seven people in my group from all over the world, and then there were another two or three people at the same ceremonial grounds, and then there were three shamans and two uh, shamans in training or facilitators in this circular uh, maloka. Okay. And I was, uh, I was the first to drink the medicine, so Ermohanes, uh, one of the shamans, poured the beverage, and I went up to uh, drink it. And it's this red, reddish-brownish, murky um, warm liquid that tastes a lot like a green shake, but without the berries. So it's, it's kind of bitter, <laughs> and you wouldn't seek it out for its flavor alone. But right. I, I didn't find it too bad. And um, and then I, I whispered my intention into the into the drink because with each ayahuasca ceremony that I was a part of, the shamans encouraged us to set an intention, something we wanted to work on. Uh, it, it could be anything, and they explained how. You know, the ayahuasca will show you whatever it is that you need to be shown, regardless of if you even know what you're looking for. And so my intentions uh, were twofold for my first ceremony, the first of which was, um, as I mentioned, uh, I was the co-founder of a startup in the gaming industry at the time. And I was asked, my intention was to determine whether our startup's lack of success was due to a fear I needed to overcome. Was it, was it something I needed to push through and work harder for, or was it my intuition telling me that this startup wasn't the right fit for me? Mm, okay. And uh, I had a, a second uh, intention that was uh, to do with certain neuromuscular pathways in my body and trying to overcome what I thought were past athletic injuries and the discomfort mm-hmm. associated with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the purposes of this interview, I'll, I'll probably just focus mostly on the, that first intention. Okay. 
And um, so I go to sit down after drinking the ayahuasca, I go to sit down on my mattress. And I didn't just want to wait for the onset of, of the ayahuasca experience. So I decided it being 2013 and it having been the most teaching year of my life that I was going to sit down and meditate chronologically upon my year of 2013. Mm. So as I'm doing this, I get to about the month of October. It's probably taken me about 30 mm. minutes to reflect that far. And, uh, and then I feel this fire shoot up the right side of my body. And mm. just instinctively and intuitively, I t- sort of telepathically broadcast, I think out loud, I say, Mother Ayahuasca, can you please give me five more minutes? I'm just finishing my reflection upon the year of 2013, and I think it's really important that I do so. And then I feel this presence, this voice respond by saying, yes, my child, take your time and let me know when you're ready. And then the fire recedes down my arm, and I'm sitting there, and I thrash my head to the left and the right, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm talking with a plant right now. (laughs) Because, you know, like the shamans have... They, they call her Mother Ayahuasca and this uh, intelligent entity. But really? again, I sort of just thought this was metaphorical. Or Yeah, I've, I've always heard, heard it referred to as Grandmother Ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah. And, um, and, and so as, as she receded, I, I quickly finished my reflection upon the rest of 2013. And then again, instinctively and telepathically, I, I broadcast. I'm like, Mother Ayahuasca, I am ready to welcome you into my body into my mind, into my soul, and I'm open to whatever it is that you want to show me, and I hope to learn a lot from you, and maybe you'll even learn something from me. And then I said, welcome. And then the fire comes back up the right side of my body and then fills my entire torso, my entire, bo- my entire lower body as well, and my entire being. And I just feel this maternal warmth and prowess and this like glowing energy. Mm. And then emerging from the other side of the maloka are these purple and green beams of light that look like aurora borealis like the Mm -hmm. northern lights Mm -hmm. and they start floating towards me and i'm looking at them sam just thinking okay where is this happening like is this happening in the maloka did the northern lights somehow get inside Mm -hmm. of our dome in the middle of the jungle is this a hallucination is this some other dimension that i was never previously aware of so i'm trying to test these beams of light objectivity And I turn my gaze to the left and I hold it over there for a good 30 seconds to see what happens. And by the time I look back, these purple and green beams of light had progressed in their movement towards me. And so they were acting independently of my subjective gaze, almost like a cloud floating through the sky. It doesn't matter whether you look at it or not, it continues to move. And then these purple and green beams of light wrap themselves around me. And I'm seated in this cross-legged pose, looking down at myself, thinking like, whoa, I am covered in northern lights right now. (laughs) All right. So, you know, they they sorry, go ahead. I want you to hold it there. I like again, I like keeping our audience on the edge of their seat. This is a fascinating story. So let's hold it there. Let's take a quick break. And, and then when we come back, uh, we'll hear the rest of, of your ayahuasca experience and those purpling green lights, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right, wonderful, Michael. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. Ding, 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 ding,
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at montytaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Okay, Michael, we're in the middle of your ayahuasca ceremony. These green and blue lights have just engulfed you. What happened next? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm sitting there, and these green and purple lights are just covering me. I'm enshrouded in them. And it turned me over into the fetal position, and I'm just feeling the, the most powerful maternal presence I've ever experienced just so comforting it feels like i'm in the womb Mm -hmm. and it's it's the grandest mother i've ever experienced and no discredit to my own mother but this was the greatest mother i'd ever encountered Mm. and so oh sorry sam are you trying to say something no 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 go ahead go ahead okay and um so i i'm lying there in the fetal position and i'm only about 45 minutes into the ayahuasca ceremony and i think to myself if this is all the experience is, I am totally cool with that. Like, mm. this is just amazing just to feel this. Right. And, and so as I'm about to drift off to sleep, Ermohan, as one of the shamans, he starts singing these songs called Icaros, which the yes. shamans say they, they channel through them as opposed to creating them themselves. And these Icaros are designed to help people drinking the ayahuasca through their experience. So he starts belting out this sound that sort of sounds like, 
sowa, sowa, wa, wa. And then these orange and blue shapes start emanating from his mouth and expanding to fill my entire perceptual field. And then Ricardo, the main shaman, starts singing his Icaros. And these red, purple, and green shapes start emanating from his mouth and expanding to fill my entire perceptual field, collaborating with Hermohan as his shape. And then Ursilia, the final shaman and the only female shaman, she starts singing. And a full spectrum of colors explodes from her mouth, expanding to fill my entire perceptual field. And out of Ursilia's mouth were more colors than I had ever seen before, more colors than there are in the rainbow colors that I don't have names for because I just I hadn't experienced them prior to this moment. And so all of the shaman shapes were colorful shapes were combining to create this massive cloud-like entity that was filling the entire Maloka. And their shapes were harmonizing together while their songs were harmonizing in the audio space, together combining to create this visual and auditory symphony in front of me. And I was, my jaw was dropped and I was very much in a state of disbelief, but at the same time, just accepting it. And, um, and then I feel these purple and green beams of light push me up towards this new dimension. And I feel them sever behind me, almost like an umbilical cord being severed, mm-hmm. but also this, the, they were still the, the beams around my body were still wrapped around me. And I was feeling this telepathic impartation of the ayahuasca saying to me, go explore my child. You are safe. There's nothing to worry about enjoy and so it was just the mark of the most wonderful mother you know super supportive not suffocating whatsoever and just allowing just giving her gift of her child into the world and um and then these three what i call humanoid spirits flow into the right side of my perceptual field and there were these three female entities that looked like little people wearing these dark cloaks with gray hoods and each one of them was outlined in the most vibrant color I'd ever seen. So about, imagine a neon light and then multiply mm-hmm. it by a thousand. And one was outlined in the most vibrant pink, another in the most vibrant yellow, another in the most vibrant orange. And all three of them were female, and they were just telepathically showering me with love. And an analogy I like to make about the communication that takes place in this realm, and it, all of it being telepathic, is that it is, it's beyond language. And I like to say, imagine if you were trying to describe to your best friend the feeling of falling in love. Mm. You know, you can give him all the words that you know how to articulate it, but unless he can actually feel your experience of love, he can only wrap his mind around it intellectually, but he can't truly feel it. But then imagine that you can take your experience of falling in love and then actually put it inside of him, and then he'll know what falling in love is like. And that's what all of the communication is like in this realm. So words aren't needed. And... So I'm looking at these three female humanoid spirits, and I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Like, I've, I've never interacted with a being of another dimension before, and I'm trying to determine whether it's a hallucination or what's happening. So again, I shift my gaze to the left, and I hold it over there for about 30 seconds. And then these three humanoid spirits float from the right side of my perceptual field over to the left and sort of say to me, hey, aren't you interested in what we have to share? And I'm like... Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm interested in these beings of other dimensions who want to hang out with me right now. (laughs) So I decided to interact with them, and they were just each expressing to me a different articulation of love. And I even had this notion, because at the time I had a girlfriend living back in Toronto, and I was asking, like, is this some sort of 
act of infidelity having what like is this a romantic exchange <laughs> with these three female entities and then they assured me like no like this isn't romantic or sexual it's more of a motherly and grandmotherly and sisterly type of love and so as i'm communicating with them another spirit floats into my perceptual field and it looks like the a mitochondria like the powerhouse of the cell for everyone who remembers right. their high school biology textbooks and it, it looks sort of like six or seven worm-like tubes stacked on top of one another. And these spirits were glowing bright blue. And then as their color would, as the glowing would recede, I, it would reveal these bright white eyes. And then they would glow bright red, and their eyes would be blotted out by the luminosity. And then as the glowing would recede, their white eyes would return. And I recognized that these, what I called mitos, for mitochondria, I recognized that they had this intimacy and connection with the gut flora and the bacteria living inside of my intestines and living inside my entire body. And as I was thinking this, these little Furby-like, for everyone who remembers the Furby dolls back oh, in the yes, day, the they were these little white furry spirits floated up from my body and into this new dimension and they were my gut flora, the bacteria hmm. living inside of me. And they were showing me things. They were communicating that my, my body is not just my own, but rather it's a universe for billions, trillions of different spirits. And that I want to make my body as welcoming as possible to the right kind of spirits. And this to be achieved by continuing with the way I was eating and to meditate more and to focus more on play and to just live a happy and positive disposition because i think as a lot of your listeners probably understand for example like you know your gut health is intimately connected with your mood and your thoughts and your behavior mm. so if you fill your you know in terms of the nutrition you eat in terms of the thoughts and the thinking that you take in if it's positive then you're going to attract more of those those positive moods and behaviors and what was really cool about these spirits too is that they actually gave me a couple uh tips they were like so Mike, we have a couple things that'll help you even more beyond what you're currently doing and one of them is to stop eating dark chocolate and the uh -huh. second is to stop eating pork and uh -huh. i was like okay that's pretty interesting i thought these things were healthy and then they showed me memories of my entire month of december leading up to this ayahuasca experience each day before i would go move or train or play i would eat two or three squares of dark chocolate and then they would show me my sleeps throughout that each of those nights from sort of an out-of-body perspective. Mm -hmm, and each mm -hmm. of those nights that I ate dark chocolate, I would have a more restless sleep. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I'm not supposed to eat dark chocolate. You know, and in the 19 months since mm -hmm. that experience, I haven't bought dark chocolate once. It just simply hasn't resonated with me. I felt no attraction towards it. And then similarly with pork, they showed me memories throughout my entire lifetime of eating bacon and then this impending lethargy that happened immediately afterwards mm. where I would just feel tired for a few hours. And it was a correlation that I had never made in my life prior to this moment. And then as I was thinking the word correlation, the ayahuasca said to me, no, like this is causation. Mm. This, this is the reason. And then I was even asking him, like, but I thought <clears throat> pork and dark chocolate were healthy. And the response was, you know, they can be, and they are for some people, but not for you on right. your individual right. journey. So I'm, so, I'm curious. You know, again, I haven't, uh, I haven't bought any pork since then either. Right. And um, 
So I'm, I'm just and curious, so the, like, after the experience itself, since we are limited to only an hour in our show. Sure. Um, after the experience itself, the next day, and, and I understand there's probably a lot more. We're probably just scratching the surface of your experience. But, but after the experience, what did you feel changed about you inside? Right. So, well, so one of the things I learned from the experience, I was, uh, when I was trying to understand my intention and whether my startup's lack of success was due to a fear I needed to overcome or was mm-hmm. it intuition telling me that this wasn't the right fit. Um, the ayahuasca showed me this white porcelain man, a man who looked like he was made of porcelain, mm-hmm. explode upwards through a swamp, punch his arms up and then out to the side, and then deshackle all of these chains and all of this skin and all of this weight. And he exploded mm-hmm. upwards through 10 of the same swamp, each time shedding more weight, more chains, and more skin. And I was hearing the name of my startup, and it was just saying, just let it go. It's a great idea, but the only reason you're in it is because of the potential financial upside. Right. It's not you. Just let your partner run with it because it's truly his passion. Uh, so I was like, okay, that, that's wow. That's uh, a wonderful liberation. And, um, and then I was like, okay, but then what should I do? You know, like I love advertising and mm-hmm. it's really fun and rewarding. I love the people who I work with, but I know there's something more I want to be doing. And then the response I was receiving was, Michael, you've always been a storyteller. You've always wanted to write, like dive into that, go deep into that and do it. And I, I was thinking, okay, well, if I knew how to make a living out of writing, I would already be doing it. And then the response was, don't worry about making a living, you know, like you're fine financially, you're, you're good for now. Just start writing and good things will happen. And then sort of in this cosmic wink, the ayahuasca was like, and I'm giving you a lot to write about. I was like, yes, you certainly are. So after the whole... Um, first ceremony, I woke up the next morning with this burning desire to write, Sam. Like, I I couldn't have resisted it even if I wanted to, and I certainly did not want to. So I walked over from my bed to this miniature maloka that was situated on the jungle's edge, a smaller dome-like structure filled with all of this ayahuasca-inspired art. So much of it looked like Pandora from the film Avatar, which is a really important film to yes. me. So it's, it's very synchronous. Yeah, and yeah. then I sat down in this mini Maloka and what I thought might have been the most challenging thing ever to articulate into words, because I didn't realize I had the words to explain this since it was so far beyond my previous paradigm of reality. And yet I sat there and it felt as though some celestial waterfall was flowing from the heavens into my body, through my soul, out my arm, through the pen, and just waterfalling words onto the page. Mm. And, you know, not once did an idea escape me. Not once did I encounter writer's block for even a split second. And after eight hours of writing pen to page for the first time in years since I typically write on my laptop, Eight hours and 50 pages into my journal later, I put the final period down, close my journal and think to myself, holy shit, I got it. And then at that exact moment, they shut off the electricity on the ceremonial grounds for the evening. Uh, Interesting. Okay, great. Well, hold on because it's time, believe it or not, to take our last commercial break of the show. So when we come back, we're going to talk about uh what was the intention uh, behind the book and and what's happened since the ceremonies and of course if anyone would like to call in and ask your own questions the call in number is 877-480-4120 you're listening to the conscious consultant hour and we'll be right back
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Dude, dude, dude. Transforming Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. It's the Dudes of Disruption. The Dudes of Disruption is a new show geared toward the global tribe of disruptors who are committed to interrupting the automatic ways of their lives so they go out and leave their mark on the world powerfully. Consider every Tuesday night, 8 to 9 Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com forever disrupted. The Dudes of Disruption, disrupting your automatic. Dude. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. To the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour has been Michael Sanders, author of the book Ayahuasca and an Executive's Enlightenment. So, uh, Michael, so I take it that the, this eight-hour writing binge that you went on after the, the ceremony was that what led to this book? I mean, is that what your book is, or is or was that just the beginning that led you to even more writing that created the book? Yeah, so th- that was the beginning. After each ceremony, I had a similar experience where I sat down between four and eight consecutive hours and wrote pen to pages. So mm-hmm. by the time I returned from the jungle, I had 100 pages written in my journal about all of the ayahuasca experiences themselves in vivid detail, mm-hmm. um, a very showing tale of how I experienced it and how others in, in my setting experienced it as well. And um, so then when I returned home to Toronto, I started to contextualize it into a longer narrative, knowing that I was writing this book uh, to share with the world. And um, I, so I contextualized it into a longer narrative, and uh, I, rele- I sent a first draft out to a number of editors uh, within a couple of months. And then the response I got from them was unanimous, that it was a beautiful and powerful start, but they all wanted to see particular things, which were mainly the development 
of all the other people in the story because I really introduced uh, them and then to carry them through all the way to the end. And uh, so I've been working on it for the last, um, you know, 18, 19 months. And uh, now it's, it's finally here. And it's exactly the story that I wanted to tell. And my, so my intention with it, one of the things I, I've learned throughout this process is that the act of creation is for yourself, mm. but the creation is for everyone else. And um, so my intention is to inspire people and to help them recognize that there is a lot more going on beyond our everyday conscious awareness and that we are infinitely capable. And that it's my intention is not necessarily to get people to go down to the Amazon and drink this strange psychedelic brew called ayahuasca, though if they want to do that, it's wonderful as well. But... I think the, the greatest gift that people can give to themselves and to everyone else is to pursue their passion mm. because that we all have this burning desire inside of mm. us of something. And maybe you haven't figured it out yet what it is, but you will come across it. And when you do go into that, dive deeper into that. And because when you do, others will see you shining. You'll shine so bright and others will pick up on that luminosity. And even on a biological level, their mirror neurons will fire and they'll, they'll recognize, hey, if that person can do it, I can do it too. And on a very deep, soulful and spiritual level, they'll recognize their, their purpose. So it's this cascading, catalyzing effect where when you pursue your passions, you liberate everyone else in your environment to pursue theirs. And it's this, having this very big positive impact on right. on everything so, so how have you seen your life change since you've come back from the jungle uh, a, a great deal i mean it's a continually evolving journey i mean sam like it, it becomes increasingly magical each and every second and um but upon return i i spoke i dove full into this storytelling aspect mm -hmm. and um and then uh, for around the month of May, I started seeing the sun and the moon out every every day for this two-week period, and I made mental note of it. And then I was introduced to this clean energy startup called Sun Moon Energy, and I was like, mm. okay, I, I think I'm supposed to meet with these guys. And then I decided to invest in it financially and then become a partner in this clean energy startup where we're working on battery technologies to evolve humanity beyond the grid so that we can both save our species and the planet and just always operate from clean energy because you know we live in an abundant universe with an infinite energy source and it's just a matter of harnessing it so that's what we're working on and uh, bringing our technologies to commercialization so there's that and then also just working with amazing clients at my advertising agency and forming deep and powerful relationships with the most wonderful people who i just continue to meet on a daily basis i'm meeting just these brilliant people and uh i'm also in the process of launching a personal website called uh it'll be www.michaelsanders.co mm -hmm. and uh, it'll be up shortly and this will be a resource designed to inspire people through storytelling uh, a lot of my own writings will be up there and um, i'm also going to be creating a guided meditation course eventually some courses on uh enlightenment and i'll also be displaying some curated content as well and i'm actually in the process now of writing uh my second book um which is called love Evolution. so it's um yeah a lot of my life has just been 
been wonderful ever since. Wow. And, and, and what's been sort of the initial reaction? I mean, to people who knew you, you know, not, not the Burning Man crowd, not the Burners and not the people who maybe knew you as, as Michael who, who did kind of weird stuff, but just people who knew you in, in, from business in general and people who kind of knew the more, you know, serious side of Michael. What's been their reaction to sort of the change they've seen in you and to your book and, and really your mission now? It, it's been amazing, Sam. Um, one of the things with this for me is I'm not trying to tell anybody that, you know, I have all the answers or that ayahuasca is the way to enlightenment. I'm just showing people my experience, and I, I just hope that they'll take from it whatever it is that they want to take from it. And, you know, even if somebody wants to dismiss it as being, uh, let's say, a hallucination, that's totally fine, and then they can just appreciate it on the storytelling level and the people in the business world have been so open to it because, you know, it's not as though I go and sit down in a meeting for, with respect to advertising and I just start talking about myself. When mm-hmm. I meet with them, it's about them. And, but then as we start talking and revealing ourselves more and more to one another, you know, sometimes it'll come up. And what I recognize is that people realize I'm being very honest and transparent with them. Mm. So that makes me even more trustworthy to them. And they know, okay, like this guy's genuine and he wants to truly help me. So it's actually made all of my business relationships so much stronger and so much better. And, um, you know, friends and family in my life have always known that I've been this explorer of consciousness. And I've always written my close friends, like very long and detailed, heartfelt messages and stories. So they've all sort of known, or or, or it doesn't surprise them that a book is coming out of me. So yeah, the response has been beautiful and welcoming. And um, in the pre-release of the book, I've just been receiving the most beautiful responses. And each and every day I receive at least one email that brings tears to my eyes Mm -hmm. and covers me in goosebumps just hearing about someone's reaction to it and how much it's helped them and inspired them. Cool, cool. So uh, if people want to get the book, where can they find it? So right now it's on Amazon. I'm okay. actually doing the official launch on August 11th, but you can okay. you can actually get it now if you if you're interested on Amazon. So just search ayahuasca and executives enlightenment mm-hmm. on Amazon and then eventually it will be accessible through my website which is michaelsanders.co. Uh, which will be up shortly. Wonderful. And that's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Sanders, S-A-N-D-E-R-S dot C-O. Well, Michael, Correct. thank you so much for coming on the, this week to the Conscious Console Hour. I appreciate you taking your time and, and sharing your experiences. Uh, just out of curiosity before we go, uh, that was uh, New Year's Eve 2013. Have you been back to the jungle since then, or was that your only experience? No, I haven't been back. And uh, I, I actually have... I have certainly have intentions of going back to the jungle, but at this point I have no intentions of drinking ayahuasca again okay. because I, I feel like I know what I'm supposed to do for the time being. And that might change in the future, but for yeah. now I, I don't plan to drink ayahuasca again. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me, Sam, and thank you for all the listeners. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, of course, and now uh, thank you for listening. Uh, stay tuned next for our next show, Coffee Talk 3.0. Kevin Barbaro is back in studio. Brand new show today after a little uh, vacation. He's all charged up. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.
Walking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at montytaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 